A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, you're definitely going to notice a change in temperatures when you walk out to do chores this morning. Good morning, everybody. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke. Glad to help you work your way into a Thursday. It's going to be much more comfortable outside today. In fact, a little on the breezy side this morning. 52 is the expected high for today. Good 90% chance we're going to pick up rain sometime today. Tonight, down to 41. That's going to get kind of chilly in some low-lying areas. For Friday, showers in the forecast, 52 are expected high, 37 the overnight low on Friday. Then on Saturday, sunshine returns, 65. Sunday, partly cloudy, 67 degrees as we roll into a Memorial weekend. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has your weather details in about 15 minutes. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Everybody that's involved in agriculture, no matter what branch of agriculture, looking for some money, whether it be through a paycheck for what they market or whether they're looking for aid to improve their operations from the government, private industry, private institutions. Bob Bosold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And Pam, one of those industries that relies on a lot of grants is the dairy industry. What's the latest? Dairy processors specifically, Bob, fabulous farm bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And you know, normally, like you point out, Bob, uh, these grants come, they go different parts of agriculture. Dairy certainly uh, not the exception. But this time around, there were 15 Wisconsin dairy companies that picked up grants through the dairy processor grants through the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. $200,000 total maximum grant to each individual, each entity was $50,000 plus. They had to have at least 20% of the grant money that they were contributing. So, you know, that's the standard nuts and bolts of things. But I noticed some trends in what these dairy companies are looking to do moving forward. I saw a lot of investment in equipment, in expansion, in things like... uh, online sales. So I decided to talk about it with our friend Norm Munson. He's a dairy specialist at the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. He said, yep, you're right. Those are the patterns that they're seeing now. There certainly are some trends and some some directions that they're going uh, with these these applications and how they're going to use the funds. You know, I, maybe I just talk a little bit about kind of the history of the program. Uh, it started eight, nine years ago. And those first few years, 
there was a heavy uh, use of or applications or use of the funds for food safety updating and training for staff. And, you know, that was kind of a response to the marketplace uh, and the demands, uh, whether it was in-country or around the world. Uh, so our, our plants, you know, were using money from that. And then, then we got in another phase where there was just a whole bunch of new products that were being developed, experimental products. Uh, and as we know, our dairy processors, I'd match them up against anybody in the world as far as innovation and creativity. And now what you're picking up on, Pam, and, and others are, is you know we've 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 been doing this developing these new products now we need to take them to market mm-hmm. so there was there was uh, quite a quite a few applications and i think the majority were focusing on new market development new ways to market along with the necessary expansion and updating of their plants so these new products they created a few years ago they can now Start making them and making them and taking them to market, whether it's in the United States or around the world. Um, and you know, also Pam, I want to say that the this innovation it's not limited to a, a particular size of uh, of dairy company. Uh, this year's awards, when I look them over, I think I'm almost positive on this that we have the smallest dairy processors represented, the absolute smallest. These are farmstead operations that uh, are using goat milk or milk from a few cows all the way through our largest uh, dairy companies or cooperatives in the state and everything in the middle. So, uh, you know, that's, that's just really encouraging that, you know, the innovation is from small to the large. Right. it's a lot of fun to read these applications, i got to tell you, Pam. Well, and that's why I only got uh, brief snippets of what they ultimately are trying to accomplish. But, boy, I also see the influence of uh, the pandemic on where they're going, Norm. For example, Widmer's Cheese out of Theresa talking about upgrading to a mail-order system. Boy, I bet, I bet they wish they would have had that light bulb on before. But it is interesting to see how they want to prepare for that kind of volume of business going forward. Yeah, that that's thank you for bringing that up. You know, some of them that were, you know, had some experience in mail order or using social media to market their products. You know, no, none of us were none of them were really advanced our processors, but some of them had some experience and those that did and then the pandemic hit, that business went it took off like a rocket. And so when you mentioned like Widmer's to, uh, you know, update their mail order system, you know, they, they recognize it. And so many of them are recognizing it that, you know, this this is part of the future. So, you know, we don't necessarily have to go to the grocery store to get Widmer's cheese or Upland's cheese or Nasonville or any of them. Right. We just go on, we go on the Internet and heck, in a couple hours it's delivered. So our, our cheese makers, our processors, they're recognizing that and they're going after it hard. Well, and the other thing that I noticed is the continued innovation on the processing and the sustainability side of things. Yes, we want to do more business, but we're also thinking very smart about our energy sources and uh, and some of the, you know, like I said, the sustainability factors that sometimes are overlooked. Yeah, and you know, that 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 ties in with the marketing, too. When they could present to the marketplace, to the consumers or their customers, that they're they're making strong and big advances and not just advances it's kind of leading 
leading agriculture in developing these systems of sustainability and environmental protection and uh, caretaking. Uh, the the consumers and and the marketplace is demanding that, and you know our 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 processors are responding, and it's it's fun to see some of the systems uh, that they put in put in place, whether it's solar power methods of treating the the waste stream. It, it's amazing. They're they're inventors. Yeah, right. And uh, again, Norm Munson's along with us, dairy specialist, Wisconsin Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection. There were approximately 18 grants that were awarded to our dairy processors across the state, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of $200,000 that was available this year for the dairy processors uh, grants. And it, it's just really cool to see where they are uh, today and where they're going, because Norm, a lot of these folks you've had contact with through a, most of their processing career, uh, do you get a chance to, I, I guess, go back and evaluate progress or have them give you updates once the prog- the programs have kind of been put in place? Yeah, thank you, Pam, for that question. This spring, we we uh, actually we started reaching out again years later to some of these that had received grants previously. And, um, you know, they talked about the number of employees they added. They talked about certainly the investment that uh, uh, they made in the plant and having the processor grant assist, how that how that was valuable. And then they also talked about how their market share has grown or their total, uh, total sales as a result of, you know, the project that the grant was part of. And you know, it, it's amazing stories. I, I, I know one that uh, uh, comes to mind. You know, he told us that because of the project that he did three years ago, he's in the midst of an expansion now that uh, he has 150 positions to fill. And so, um, and, you know, and, and while the grant isn't a significant amount of money necessarily, uh, we need more money in that grant program. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it it's kind of like, extra fuel or yeah. sugar to make this thing happen. So uh, mm-hmm. we're really pleased with the results. Yeah, and we should point that out to your to your uh, effort there, Norm. Grant recipients are required to provide a match of at least 20% of the grant amount. So they've got to have skin in the game before they're even considered for these dairy processor grants. You know, Norm, again, some people will say, ah, it's just another handout, uh, that type of thing. But historically, this program really has landed dollars back in Wisconsin, back in Wisconsin's small communities. Uh, like you mentioned, look at the jobs it's created, and it does help us maintain our integrity as America's Dairyland and the home of the best specialty cheese, for example, in the world. Yeah, you've got it. You got it. What, I, I can't remember the latest uh, economic impact figure of dairy. Is, isn't it like forty-three billion dollars? And uh, you know, we when we think of that forty-three billion, well, we think of the farms. Certainly, you know, it all starts on the farms with the cattle and the families that are caring for the cattle. But man, if we don't have the processors, if they're not innovative and creative and being ahead of the rest of the world, uh, you know, the whole industry will will struggle and. You know, we look at it and, you know, other states, other countries, they want to be more creative and, inno- and innovative than uh, Wisconsin. We're, you know, we're the top of the top of the heap. So uh, the processor grant program, it's a wonderful program just to help them processors a little bit uh, in a small way to encourage and, you know, 
help their innovation. Right, very true. Now, Norm, uh, we talk about the constant need for a little bit more financial assistance. We're sure hoping that uh, the budget process looks favorably on things like the dairy processor grants. When would the next round or opportunity for others to get involved in this kind of a process uh, begin or happen, or are we done for 2021? Well, we will, um, you know, at our current funding uh, limit, we will announce uh, the next round uh, later in the year, end of the year. Usually we announce around Dairy Expo time that it is coming. And uh, and so applications are, you know, we expect to get them by the end of the year. So that'll be for the next round. Of course, we're hopeful that uh, there'll be additional funds. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, for just if I average the last two years, for instance, we've had almost $1.6 million uh, of requests, uh, applications requesting that much money. And of course we only had, you know, two years total 400,000. So we're, we're only giving, we're only able to uh, get out about one, $1 for every $4 wow. that's requested. So well, they're, they're going to use it. Well, we know Norm Munson along with us, one of the dairy specialists that helped to evaluate the most recent round of grant requests for the Dairy Processor Grant Program. Like he said, total of $200,000 was available for this year with a maximum $50,000 allowed for each product and or project, I should say. And boy, you know that these folks are going to use and squeeze every dime in their rural communities. We've got a complete list up of the dairy processors that received those grants, probably one right down the road from you. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Wondering what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments right here on the Midwest Farm Report. When it comes to putting a room together, I'm brilliant. No idea where you come up with these things. You didn't put the room together. I can just scribble an idea down on a piece of paper and voila! You drew the room and handed it to a lazy boy interior designer. I don't know how I do it. These ideas just come to me. Your idea was to go to lazy boy. That's all anyone has to do. I mean, I'm not bragging. You're totally bragging. But a little planning and you could have a home that looks like this. Anybody can do that. It just takes a simple meeting with a lazy boy interior designer. It takes about an hour, then they take it from there. It just feels good to have it all come together like this. I can finally put my feet up and relax. You've had your feet up the whole time. It's time to order your custom designs for summer delivery. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I'm dedicated to educating the public because it's important for all of us to understand this debilitating disease. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because every 70 seconds someone in America is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's more than a thousand people a day. Preliminary data show that exercise, a healthy diet, and keeping your mind active may help reduce your risk. At our website, ahaf.org, experts will answer your questions and address your concerns. Find out about promising research the Foundation funds and learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. That's 1-800-437-2423.
spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, let's talk about the weather that's happening right now and going to be happening. Joining us this morning live, Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, with a look at uh, the details. I'm looking at the home farm thermometer up in old Abrams WI, and they are at... Uh, 30, 39 degrees right now, Stu, and I'm a little concerned. This is warmer than it may be by Saturday morning, huh? Yeah, that could be the time to watch that really late Friday night, early Saturday. I think there's going to be a lot of thought about frostiness as temps are going to drop down into the 30s across a good part of Wisconsin. Uh, back home, Pam, you're in that area north of Highway 29, south of Highway 8, you know, 29 Wausau, 8's up around Rhinelander. There's a chance there could be a little wet snow up there early tomorrow. Just enough to catch on the grassy areas or, you know, out in that freshly planted corn. That's a slight possibility. For the rest of us, rain is more likely what we see. And in fact, through today and tomorrow, as temperatures will cool off a great deal, there's going to be rain around. Low pressure is making its way from Nebraska across Iowa. It will cross through central Illinois into the day tomorrow. Rain extends all the way from North Dakota into central and southern Minnesota, just edging over the Mississippi into Wisconsin, at least in the western part of the state. Showers almost at Wausau already up in north central Wisconsin, and I expect some rain. It develops today, lasts through the night and into the day Friday, and the rain amounts will be adding up. We'll talk about that right after this. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877 877- 301 Farm. Farmers live and breathe conservation every day as they work with our natural resources. So they are in a prime position to lead the way towards solutions to environmental challenges. Farmers for Sustainable Food unites, inspires, and empowers farmers and others to create a sustainable food system in which farmers, their communities, and the environment thrive. Join them in their mission and become a member today. Farmers for Sustainable Food.com. All righty, Stu, let's talk a little bit about what we've got coming our way at least today. Now, big chance of rain catches how much rain? Well, here's the deal. Mostly cloudy. Well, even in fact, let's call it cloudy today. Breezy and showers develop from west to east. In the west this morning, as you head toward the east, not until the afternoon, but those winds will be quite strong. East winds, 10 to 20, gusting to 30 and 35, and rain develops. Showers, maybe even a thunderstorm, quite brisk overnight. We drop down to about 40 or so with east winds, 10 to 20, gusting to 35. Should have mentioned lacrosse and Moss and Temps, in fact, cool today, falling back toward the 40s into the afternoon. All of us then tomorrow, cloudy, breezy, still some rain starting to end in the day, still brisk as well. Upper 40s, around 50. The northeast winds 10 to 20, gust to 30. Rain from today, tonight, and Friday in the half to inch and a half range at La Crosse and Mauston. Let's say that half to inch and a quarter range at Madison, Beaver Dam, Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, 
And then already by Saturday, could be a little frosty start, but a mostly sunny day, low and mid-60s for high Saturday, and even nicer in the upper 60s for Sunday, Pam. Well, that's good. I think there's a lot of people with Outdoor Plants Memorial Weekend that you just put the fear into them, so to speak. We'll have to wait and see how well, we finish. We'll, we'll have a lot to talk about tomorrow morning. Well, yeah, we have to plan how many sweatshirts to take for Saturday morning. <laughs> That's right. All right, man. Stu Walker, Ag Meteorologist, with your latest weather details. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Just about everyone from all walks of life have passed through these doors, each with distinctive skills, dialects, stories, all with a couple of things in common, sense of community and the love of a comfortable spot to chill out. The Tasting Room Lounge, the perfect refuge to enjoy your favorite cigar, spirit, specialty beer, or wine, indoor or on the patio. Find your spot at the Tasting Room Lounge, West Broadway, Monona. Every customer that drives into our shop is a preferred customer. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. When you need service, we automatically hand you a preferred customer card. It's good for specials and discounts, like a free oil change. And a courtesy inspection. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. This looks like a car. Has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. We've been through a lot together. And if something's bothering you, remember that it's okay to not feel okay. You know what I think really helps? Talking to someone. (coughs) No, Fred, I mean a professional. 
The next doctor's appointment is a great time to bring up anything that's on your mind. Your doctor will listen because providing safe care your way means caring about how you feel. Unity Point Health Meritor, a partner of UW Health. Know how much you matter to this world. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Whether it was Joe DiMaggio or Jackie Robinson. Rosa Parks or Sally Ride. Bogart or Brando. You're just the right age to do something important that you can be remembered for. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, you can register to become an organ and tissue donor. Surprised? You shouldn't be. Today, people of all ages and even with health conditions can sign up to donate the gift of life. And it's so important. Every age, every ethnicity is needed. If we all signed up, imagine the lives we could save. The families we could help. So whether you admire John Wayne or James Dean, Robert Redford or Roberto Clemente, Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald, do something important that could make a real difference and change lives. Get the facts today and register to become an organ donor. Find out how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. The Army National Guard plays a vital role in your community. We're on the front lines supporting essential personnel, first responders, law enforcement, and medical professionals, delivering food, supplies, and medicine, keeping communities safe, making a difference. During emergencies, we're always ready, always there. Learn more about part-time service in the Army National Guard at NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Going into the season, what were we sold? It was, oh, we have all these gold glovers everywhere, right? You have Colton Wong. The bullpen was the best and the defense was awesome. Yeah, Colton Wong, you signed him. He was a gold glover. He's going to be your second baseman. It allows Keston here to go to first base, where obviously he was a... He was definitely a problem at second base with the glove. Yeah. You had Lorenzo Kane rejoining the team, gold glover. You had Christian Yelich in your outfield, former gold glover. You had Jackie Bradley Jr. joining your outfield, arguably one of the best outfielders in baseball, gold glover. Yes. That's four gold gloves, obviously the entire outfield. Then you looked at the rest of the infield outside of Colton Wong, and you're like, okay, well, Keston here is going to move to first base. He's going to figure it out. He should be fine. Yeah, well, limit then, his errors on first. And then your shortstops going into the season were Arcia, who you know was going to be good and sure-handed. Great and love. Urias, who also was known for being a good defensive shortstop and sure-handed. Mm-hmm. And then third base was, well, Travis Shaw, who's a plus fielder. He doesn't have great range, but what he gets to, he makes plays with. Mm-hmm. And then you had the ca- the catching position where it was Manny Pena, known good defensive catcher, and then obviously... Omar Nervaez, which was, we all knew he's a hitting catcher. He is statistically one of the worst defensive catchers. Well, when you look at what the Milwaukee Brewers did last year, last year they had Avisel Garcia playing center field. He's, you, a, he's a little bigger boy, You too. had Christian Yelich coming off of his worst defensive season in 2020. Uh-huh. You had Keston Hira playing the majority of the games at second base. Mm. First base, that wasn't the greatest either. No. Your your third base, there was a lot of bad play for the Milwaukee Brewers last year. And a lot of guys. Who was even on first base? Was it uh, Vogelback and Braun? You had Braun, you had Vogelback, and. um, Who else was throwing? Justin Smoke. Oh, yeah, Justin Smoke. Which, I mean, that's a whole other subject of the terrible pickups in 2020 for David Stearns. Right. 
But uh, forgot about smoke. You look at some of the guys that were playing in the infield, and you're like, man, that team compared to the names and the statistics that this team is supposed to have. You go, wow, they're way better defensively. That's what we all were were sold. I mean, everyone with a pulse would have thought that. Yes. Well, last year the Milwaukee Brewers averaged. errors a game. So a little more than half an error a game. 0.56 a game. 2020, 0.56. Yep, and that was in 2020. And their rank in 2020 with with that was right about middle of the road. Okay. So they were middle of the road. They were all right defensively. Middle of the road defensive team. Not too bad, especially when you have, like we said, some of those guys playing in positions where they're playing, right? Yes. Well, now this year, they are now... Averaging 0.65 errors per game. So it's up almost a tenth of an error a game, which is now good enough for being ranked 22nd in baseball. Oh, my God. So, Rowdy, last year... They've gotten worse. So as as abysmal as last year was, right? I know they still made the playoffs, expanded playoffs. They were, uh, what, uh, you know, below 500, still snuck in. But there's no expanded playoffs this coming year. And as bad as the offense was last year and we thought the defense was, it was 0.56 errors a game. Right for the Brewers last year, and their offense was averaging how many runs? Four point one. Four point one. So this year, obviously a full season, not expanded playoffs. The Brewers are worse defensively. What'd you say it was point six? Yeah, by almost a tenth of an error a game. And last time I remember, we were talking about the Brewers' offense of what they were generating runs. Now last night they only have two hits. One of those hits was a home run from Travis Shaw in the seventh. Well, I have that for you. They are now 27th in runs per game at 3.75. So they're worse defensively and offensively than they were last year. And last year we wanted to take everything we saw, uh, use the men in black little uh, mind eraser on us and forget about it. They're worse defensively and offensively this year? Yes, for runs per game and errors per game. Oh, They my are worse. God. But yet they were a team that... If they had played 162 games last season, I know they finished just two games under 500, which was good enough for that eighth spot in the NL. Yeah. Obviously with expanded playoffs. But I think if they played 162 games, that's definitely not a team that finishes only two games under 500. No. I think that's like a 78-76 win type team. Now, we're playing a full season this year, and they're about a 500 team right now. Yeesh. Oof. But the numbers are worse because obviously the, the numbers starting, are worse because the, the starting, pitch is the so starting good. pitching has been so good. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Matt Trennell, commodity broker with Everag down in Platteville is our guest this morning. He'll check in in about 15 minutes and focus in specifically on what's going on with dairy. Uh, we've uh, heard about the dairy donation program, but... Haven't got much in the way of details, and the markets don't seem to have details either. We'll find out if any of that's changed. Talking with Matt Trennell in about 15 minutes. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Countryside Landmark Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So on this day, May 27th, 1937, the Golden Gate Bridge was opened in San Francisco, connecting San Francisco's peninsula with Marin County, one of the first recognized works of United States architecture. On this day, back in 1937. On this day in 1933, Walt Disney's cartoon, The Three Little Pigs, was released. Happy birthday to former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. And happy anniversary to Lisa Kudrow, who got married on this day back in 1995. 
She, of course, played Phoebe on Friends. There, a little something for you this morning. Well, happy to report that the Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association is getting things back rolling forward in 2021. June 26th, a Saturday, they are going to have their annual summer tour. I had a chance to visit with Brady Zook, who is on the Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association board, focused in on the summer tour. Asked him to give me a few more details and what we can expect. Yeah, absolutely, Pam. Unfortunately, we've had to cancel our winter conference earlier this year, so we're really looking forward to getting everyone back together at the summer tour. A lot of our meetings throughout the pandemic have all been virtual, so we are really looking excited, looking forward and excited to get everyone back together and just a chance to kind of reconnect and see how everyone's been doing. Absolutely. Now, I know that uh, you like to try to move it from region to region to give everybody a chance to maybe meet people they haven't met before or uh, just get a different part of the state engaged in the process. Now, the next Wisconsin Cattlemen's Summer Beef Tour is on Saturday, June 26th. Where are you concentrating your geographic attention this year? Brady. Yep, we'll be in the yep, we'll be in the Madison area, Pam. So we have three stops every year. We try to make sure our stops are relatively close together to maximize the time we have on those operations. So we'll have three stops, Columbus, Rio, and then Bodie, Wisconsin. So be just north of Madison, outside of Dane County. Start me off then in Columbus. Uh, if that's your first stop, tell me who we're going to be visiting with and why you decided to ask them to be a part of the tour. Absolutely. So our first stop will be uh, Roche uh, Grain and Cattle Farm. They're near Columbus, Wisconsin. We'll be starting there right at 10 in the morning. Um, one thing to note quick, Pam, that uh, this year's tour will not have a bus. Everyone will be responsible for their own transportation, but we will start there right at 10. Um, I think what makes the Roche operation so unique um, is they have multiple different ways they feed cattle, um, both bedded monoslope barns, also slatted floor barns. And also I think it's unique to see they do quite a bit of work uh, with cover crops on their um, on their on their land, and use some of that for cattle feed, and, and a real focus on soil health and water quality. I think is unique for our beef producers to see at that stop. How many head do they have, Brady? Do you know? I don't know exactly, Pam, but they got quite a few running around. Okay, that's good. That's good. It'll keep it active. Good. All right. So then we're on next to uh, Rio. Who's uh, the participant there? Yep, up in Rio, we're going to visit Johnson Sausage Shop, uh, which is operated by Chris Johnson there, and. You know, with the pandemic, we definitely saw that um, rush and that demand for local freezer beef. And so we thought what we'd do there is get our members a chance that are along for the tour a chance to see a locker. Um, we'll, we'll do a beef cutting demonstration and see how beef are processed at that locker. We also look forward to having Jeff Swenson with DATCAP joining us. And uh, Jeff's going to give us an overview of the state of beef processing in, in the state of Wisconsin, so kind of how many head do we process per month, what's that look like, uh, how are we keeping up to demand. He's also going to give us some information, kind of uh, tips and tricks or rules of the road for marketing your own beef locally. So we want to make sure, sometimes I know there's confusion around how do I sell beef locally, and uh, Jeff's the expert, and we're looking forward to having him uh, give us that update. Yeah, and he's constantly watching the markets, too, so he'll have a bundle of information, I'm sure. And Chris, never at a loss for stories, that's for sure. And then you're wrapping, up, wrapping it up, and Brady Zooks along with us with the Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association, talking about their summer tour that's now slated for Saturday, June 26th. You wrap her up over by Lodi. Tell us about that stop. Yep, we're just south of Lodi there. Uh, Terry and Ardell Quammer hosting us and their family at Marta Angus Farms, and really looking forward to them. Um, they've been great supporters of the cattlemen, and we, and we sure thank them for all that they've done and continue to do. Um, so they'll be our last stop, get a chance to see the cows, tour the operation, um, and after that we'll have a social hour um, dinner, and then we also have some awards we want to make sure we present. Um, Pam, as you know, I mentioned earlier, we unfortunately had to cancel our winter conference, so we want to take the time and make sure we recognize our annual award winners, 
our scholarship winners and all the folks that are helping out with the Cattlemen's Association. So looking forward to that last stop to a great tour, a great meal, and then a nice presentation and just a chance. Um, we're inviting several folks from the area and really look forward to having everyone, just, as we talked about earlier, get a chance to reconnect, grab a cold beverage, and just see it, just get connected to our, our members and friends again, right? All right, great. Brady Zook along with us again. Like we said, mark down the date, Saturday, June 26th, starting at 10 a.m. over at the Roche uh, Beef Operation in Columbus. Now, Brady, if people want more information, maybe they need uh, maps or what have you, where should they be going? Yep, so everything's available on our website, panwiscansoncattlemen.com. If you click on events and then summer tour, um, so there's, there's additional information about each stop. I can give you the high level. There's a detailed, uh, let's call it a biography of each stop. Um, there's registration that's also available online. You can either print the form off, fill it out with a pen, and, pen or pencil, and mail it in with your check. Or most folks nowadays, with the pandemic especially, prefer to do a lot of stuff online. There's online registration there. Um, where you can fill all your information out and get registered. The cost for the day is $50 for a uh, Wisconsin Cattlemen's member and $100 for a non-member. And I'll let you know a little hint there, Pam. Uh, Wisconsin Cattlemen's membership is 50 bucks. So <laughs> join your membership and also get summer tour at the same crack. Well, and you know, the, the other thing that I'm kind of encouraging people, uh, Brady, is maybe in light of the pandemic, you've got questions as a consumer or as a neighbor to a farmer. You know, this is the perfect kind of casual learning opportunity. And especially when you talk it, toss in Johnson sausage and the processing side of things, you know, I would say you don't have to be directly involved in the beef industry to get something out of this tour. No, absolutely. I think the biggest thing is the educational opportunity. We try to pick three unique stops to kind of cover different parts of the beef industry, which you just mentioned there. Um, but also the networking piece, it's a chance to meet cattlemen and cattle producers um, from across the state. And that's kind of the two big things we really focus on with this tour is education and networking. Anything you mentioned, not not taking a bus this year, everybody responsible for their own transportation, is that going to be an uh, issue when it comes to arriving at the farm? Are you asking people uh, to make any, you know, I, I guess we'd say pool up and ride together? Or what other things do we need to know about just the logistics of being part of the tour, Brady? Absolutely, Pam. And so if, if folks would be willing to carpool, that would be great to save on parking um, if we can. Of course, there will be um, park here signs at each stop of the tour. So when you pull up to the operation, you'll know right kind of where to park. Um, we'll have some folks helping that way. Um, and, and you spot on, just with, in light of the COVID, we didn't want to have uh, a bus, everyone back on that. Uh, so each person will be responsible for their own transportation. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to start at 10 o'clock at the Roche's operation. So if you can arrive between 945 and 10, um, that will be perfect there. And what we really tried to do, Pam, especially knowing that um, folks will be driving themselves, our stops are all relatively close, less right. than about 20 to 25 minutes between each stop. Um, so we really tried to keep that as condensed as possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would say, as we talked about earlier, the website will have all the information there um, as far as you know, the different stops that are out there, the maps, all that type of stuff will be there. Well, that's just wonderful. Thank you, Brady. Brady Zook from the Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association. That date again, Saturday, June 26th. They'll start at 10 a.m. just outside of Columbus, then move on to Johnson Sausage Shop in Rio and wrap it up that evening at uh, Marta Angus in Lodi. 
WisconsinCattlemen.com is where you'll find all the details, including the maps and directions. Just look under their events tab. Thanks, Brady. Well, markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are kind of split. Corn's going one direction, soybeans the other. Right now, we've got July corn up two cents. December corn is up four cents at 524 and three quarters. But July soybeans are down seven, and November beans, they're currently down five and a half at 1341 and a half. July wheat made a turn, that's up seven at 655 and a half. Barrel cheese, two and three quarter cents higher yesterday in Chicago at 164 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese was up four and three quarter cents at 156 and three quarters. Well, double A butter dropped a penny and a quarter to 129 a pound. Right now, June milk is down nine at 17.89 a hundred weight. It was trading positive when I came in this morning. July milk, though, is up a nickel. That's currently at 18.60 a hundred weight. And the August milk that closed 17 cents higher. Yesterday at 1880. Make that 18, yeah, 1880, 100 weight. All right, what's going on with that uh, 100 weight? What's going on with regard to that dairy donation program? We're going to talk about it all next with Matt Trannel joining us live from EverAg down in Platteville. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Another rig your ride idea from Madison Auto Trim. When you're hauling something, you don't want to be constantly looking in the rearview mirror for reassurance. The correct trailer hitch makes certain that your boat, camper, or trailer will always be connected behind your vehicle safely. Our vehicle-specific trailer hitch packages include hitch wiring and installation. Madison Auto Trim and Accessories. Affordable luxury you deserve to have. Improve what you already got and rig your ride with Madison Auto Trim. Do you suffer from chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? Is sleep a struggle? Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. CBD has been working for my customers. While you have probably heard about me talking about CBD, I am on a mission to continue to educate on this natural alternative. We carry one of the largest and most reputable selections of CBD products in southern Wisconsin. Our AMM CBD certified wellness consultants are on the cutting edge of CBD knowledge and are trained to find the right brand and potency for your relief. Whether you're suffering from chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, or sleep problems, CBD works. With dozens of high-quality CBD products and brands to choose from, we can find you relief at a price point as low as a dollar a day. Visit one of our four Madison-based locations. Enjoy our live chat feature on our website. Check us out online with free shipping at findyourhealthyplace.com and free same-day delivery for our Dane County customers. The Healthy Place. I am thrilled to tell you that we're headed back out on another farm tour. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to come along on our America's Southwestern National Parks Tour. September 1st through the 10th, we'll explore the Red Rocks of Arches, experience the immense sweeping vistas of the southern rim of the Grand Canyon, dramatic scenery of Zion, and towering spires of Bryce Canyon. All you need to do is send me an email for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. 
Alrighty, and we are talking about all things dairy as we get started on a Thursday, and that means our friend Matt Trannell from EverAg down in Platteville, Wisconsin, is joining us live this morning. So, Matt, a couple different things that we want to get to, not the least of which is some government reports that kind of paint a picture for us in dairy. Milk production, cold storage, got to keep an eye on what product's moving where, especially since restaurants and pubs are are back opening up. What do you see there that uh, we need to pay attention to? Yeah, so I guess the biggest piece that I saw out of both reports is that cow numbers, despite high feed costs, are continuing to move higher, especially in major uh, cheese-producing regions. Um, And uh, so to put that into perspective, and and when you look at these numbers, the year-over-year comparison, you have to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because... Uh, Remember that we are going through uh, that COVID period when we just uh, initially got into it last year, and and there was so much uncertainty. But uh, when you look at the April report for milk production, uh, across the country, we were up 3.3%, whereas many estimates, analyst estimates, came in closer to 25 2.7% growth. And so uh, a lot of the areas that uh, picked up the pace uh, Colorado was one, they were up about 6%. Indiana was up about 11%. Uh, Michigan was up 45 Minnesota was up 7 uh, South Dakota, 13.3%. Texas, 77 And Wisconsin was up 46 So when you look at a lot of the states that I just rattled off, uh, most of them are states that produce a lot of cheese. And they're also states that are very, very close to new cheese capacity, mainly St. John's, Michigan, and also uh, the expansion that we've seen out in South Dakota. And then obviously Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin produces a lot of cheese. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most concerning piece of the milk production report, in my personal opinion, was the fact that USDA did increase uh, cow numbers in the month of March by 6,000 head and then meanwhile, they added another 16,000 head in April. So on a report-by-report basis, a total of 22,000 cows were added to this report, putting the overall herd at 9.49 million head, which is a multi-decade high. So it's interesting that we see that type of growth given all of the talk about how we have high feed cost and are we are those feed costs going to uh, curb some of the production yeah. so far the answer is uh, no right when you look at the cold storage report it paints a little bit of a different picture uh, mainly on the cheese end of the spectrum so uh, we are starting to see the overall US economy uh, reopen in a big big way and so we've seen a lot of uh, pipeline refilling and a lot of demand estimates from uh, from uh, facilitators in the market, and they're telling us uh, their their demand curve has been moved up a little bit uh, compared to what their estimates were. So not not as big of a uh, a shocker on butter. Uh, stocks were 385 million. Most most estimates were 387, but when you look at the inventory builds, uh, we were up 28 million. On the five-year average, we're typically 38 million, so not not huge. We called that report neutral for butter, 
When you look at cheese, however, you're looking at 1.453 billion pounds. And the interesting part about the cheese is that it was actually a drawdown of about 16 million pounds, whereas during the month of April, the five-year average says we grow by 39 million pounds. During the spring flush, you usually add to the inventory to get ready for some of your summer months, uh, get ready for Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, and, uh, and also the Super Bowl. So counter-seasonal move, uh, cheese inventories are certainly uh, friendly to that end. Yeah. I got to ask you, Matt, with regard to all the cheese expansion that we've seen, especially that Michigan plant, uh, Wisconsin prides itself on specialty cheese, a lot of it being mozzarella. What about that new cheese that's coming online? Is that your pure American cheese? Is it cheddar? Is it, uh, is it something that Wisconsin's got to take a look at from our specialty position? Yeah, so for the most part, it's uh, your typical cheese, and it's your typical cheese that's going to find its way into uh, retail and also uh, into uh, food service. So it's not necessarily your more high-end cheese um, that you'll typically see in Wisconsin. Uh, any, any cheese capacity certainly puts pressure on the market no matter where you're at. But for the most part, if you're shipping to a private label, uh, it's not going to affect it quite as much. So it would be more of your uh, multi-numbered uh, multi uh, companies sure. that are buying buying milk in Wisconsin and also other places that would be affected. Well, like you said, cheese is cheese is cheese, and it's all coming online. So, uh, you know, should I be protecting myself if I'm a class three dairy producer? Should I be watching this, protecting myself? What do you think? So, there's certainly a lot of there's certainly a lot of factors out there that do point towards at least taking somewhat of a risk mitigation position. Uh, a couple of them. Number one is. Uh, the food box program is officially over at the end of this month. And um, so USDA made that announcement quite some time ago, but uh, it, it's, it's officially over and the purchasing is, is no longer. So when you look at, when you look at the month of June, you look at the price on the board, we were just at $19 and 70 cents. We're probably going to settle it sub 18 bucks. Uh, just that month alone shows that there's probably some risk in this market. Um, I had talked about pipeline refilling uh, and a lot of the de demand forecast out of major players in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, that has been moved up. Most of that pipeline refilling, from our knowledge, has now ended. Right. Uh, not, that's not to say that it can't pop back up again, because right. it certainly can as more and more of the country reopens. Right. And then uh, the other piece of the puzzle is uh, while feed costs are still high, um, they have pulled back quite substantially substantially sure you look at you look at meal yeah. uh we're 370 380 on the board yep. uh we were just 440 450 all right uh, i gotta i gotta let you i gotta i gotta let you go matt i would love to talk more but we're out of time matt 